shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be It's time to express yourself Where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Stereotype. What is it and why do we do it? Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're programmed by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Young Juan, and today's show is all about stereotypes. How thoughts and words categorize specific types of individuals or certain ways of doing things. Hi everyone, I'm Hannah Hundle. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity. Although you may already know me, or have stereotyped me, as the Health with Hannah reporter, today is my first day co-hosting. I'm thrilled to be here with you to bring this important topic to the forefront. Hannah, Hannah, we are so glad to have you co-hosting today. Your Health with Hannah reports are extremely informative, and we know you'll be a terrific host. So today we have a great lineup with the 10th Annual National Essay Contest winner, Pamela Lewis, as well as the mega best-selling author of over 40 books, Lisa T. Bergeron, discussing stereotyping. That's right. Um, Right now we're going to go to our spectacular social responsibility reporter, Asia Gonzalez, who, as the founder of She Is Worth It, brings the issue of sex trafficking to the forefront. Oftentimes, Sex slaves are stereotyped as prostitutes, when in fact, they are victims in need of help. Hi, Asia. What's on your agenda for this segment? Hi, Youngju, and hi, Hannah. Hi, everyone. I'm Asia, and I'm the owner and creator of Stinky Feet Girls, a 1940s-inspired t-shirt and crochet hat company. I'm also the owner of She Is Worth It, a preventative awareness campaign against child sex trafficking and backlogged rape kits. Today we're talking about stereotyping, and I want to talk about a major stereotyping that is going on that is very near and dear to my heart. I remember a year or so ago, I was with my family, and we were at In-N-Out in Phoenix, and my mom said to me, look, Asia, those girls are trafficked. And I said, how do you know? She said, see those men over there watching their every move? Look around for a few more, probably in a car parked off in the distance. I scanned the parking lot, and sure enough, on the other side, there were two more men sitting in a car watching the restaurant. It gave me the creeps, and I was in awe. I had been on this journey of bringing awareness to this serious crime, but I realized right then that there was so much I didn't know. And as I was literally thinking, if there's so much that I don't know, imagine how much others don't know. And almost instantly, a woman and her husband were eyeballing the girls who were walking around, and the woman said, Look at those prostitutes. They are so disgusting. They should be in jail. I felt my face go so red and my chest puffed up. I was just about to tell that woman a thing or two when my mom shook her head at me. It was going to take a lot more than an argument in a fast food restaurant to change the the public's perception of what is and isn't a prostitute. 
My mom went over to the manager, and it turned out that they knew of the issue going on there, but there wasn't much they could do. The police won't get involved until there's a crime, and it's hard to force the girls to rat out the pimps because they're too afraid. When the pimps feel spooked, they leave, and they know that if the girls are arrested, they'll eventually be released, and they'll come back to them. It's a sad cycle. And the issue isn't whether or not the public knows about child prostitutes. The issue is changing the mindset of the public, as well as law enforcement, to see that there is actually no such thing as a prostitute. There are only victims. Take this story, for example. A pimp kidnapped Tammy on her way home from school in Los Angeles. He held her captive for six months, raping, beating, and starving her. At night, he sold Tammy for sex with other men. Tammy tried to escape by telling every John who purchased her that she was only a kid. For months, Tammy pleaded with her buyers, I'm only 15. Can you please take me to the police station? But none did. When she was finally encountered by police officers, they did not rescue her. They arrested her. Would you call Tammy a prostitute? What about Sandra? Sandra ran away from an abusive foster care home in Florida at 12. She was found at a bus stop by a pimp who promised to love and care for her forever. He sold her to at least seven men a night. Finally, she too was arrested for for child prostitution. Would you call Sandra a prostitute? Unfortunately, the stereotype of these girls in situations like these is to see them as dirty, disgraceful child prostitutes. Offenders. Not girls who are victims of serial rape and abuse. As I had mentioned last week, the FBI rates sex trafficking as the fastest growing organized crime business in the United States. Over 300,000 U.S. children are at risk of being exploited and trafficked for sex. Most of the children who are exploited are girls ages 11 to 14. They are often abducted or lured by pimps and traffickers, beaten into submission, and sometimes even branded with the pimp's name. What that means is, the pimp the pimp tattooed or burned with a hot branding iron the name of the pimp so they are easily identifiable. Does that sound like someone who really wants to be there? Can you think of one boy or girl who you know that would want that to happen to them? Yet it happens every day, and we as a society need to start looking at them differently and with compassion and concern, not disgust. Many states are working to change the laws, but because these children are often seen as prostitutes, they are carted off to juvie. So many times, the girls are handcuffed and detained, not for hours, but for sometimes days. A 13-year-old girl recently was arrested for a few years ago in North Hollywood for juvenile prostitution. She was put in handcuffs, handcuffs and carried off to detention like she was the criminal. They are working on this, but did you know that in California, like many other states, child prostitution carries a sentence of up to two years. Wow. Two years punishment for being a victim. Why would any police officer throw a child who has had severe abuse against her into jail? The pimps and johns are rarely caught and prosecuted. So we need to take a giant step back and look at trafficking for what it is and not stereotype it and call it prostitution because there is no such thing as a child prostitute. Wow, Asia, that's a lot of important information to take in. And I'm really glad that you're shedding light on this issue, particularly that we need to differentiate between the perpetrator and the victim. Um, So are there safe houses for these girls? Sadly, no, not really. There are a few, but this country has more animal shelters than shelters for exploited children. Judges often detain these girls, but believing that jail is the safest for many of these bad options. Um, But what happens? 
these girls are put right back into the streets and right back into the hands of the pins and traffickers. And it's a vicious cycle that hasn't gotten much better. Yeah, there's a lot of um, problems with how our jail system is organized, especially yeah. like what you said, like how people are put in jail and they're not really fixed. They're, they're like drug addicts. They're not the problem. The root problem is not solved and they're just put back exactly. to do the same things. But you've mentioned that there are certain groups of children that are at greater risk for being sexually exploited. Can you give us those groups and some context about that? There's a lot. The children particularly at risk of sexual exploitation are, um, brace yourself, it's a big list, missing or runaway children or homeless children, children with prior experience of sexual abuse, physical abuse, or emotional abuse or neglect, adolescents or pre-adolescents, children not in school or who are often truant or regularly absent, children socially excluded from services such as health services, children from minority ethnic communities, such as the Native American communities, refugee children and unaccompanied asylum-seeking children, children with mental health conditions, children who use drugs and alcohol, children with learning difficulties and disabilities, uh, kids involved with gangs, with links to a gang through relatives or friends, or living in communities or neighborhoods where there are gangs, children with a history of delinquent or criminal behavior, Children with families or communities with offending behaviors. Children with families where there is substance misuse, domestic violence, or parental mental health issues. Young children living in poverty or deprivation. Children who um, are lacking friends or lacking the same age group. Children who associate with young people who are sexually exploited. Children with low self-esteem or low self-confidence. And children who have been absent parent due to death or abandonment. Wow, that is a very long list. Mm-hmm. And what can we do to help these children in our daily lives? Well, you never want to confront the trafficker because it may give them the opportunity to silence, confuse, or threaten the child about speaking out about the abuse. It may also place the child in danger. What you want to do is contact your local police and follow up with a call to one 373 7888 or you can text INFO or HELP to 233-733. Thanks so much, Asia, for yet another informative look into the tragedy of human trafficking. And we all need to be aware that children are the victims here, and they are not to be stereotyped as prostitutes or criminals. And I'm Youngju An, and you are listening to Express Yourself Teen Radio. I'm Hannah Hundel, and next up is the winner of the 10th Annual Essay Contest who will share her essay and talk about how racial stereotyping affects everyone. During the break, visit www.expressyourselfteenradio.com to see photos, descriptions, links, and more. Also, be sure to check us out on Tumblr at www.btsyaradio.tumblr.com. And remember, if you suspect that someone is being trafficked, be sure to text info to 233-733. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? 
It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Looking for an on-air community where teens talk and the world listens? Tune in to Express Yourself, an entertaining adolescent fusion radio program where passion and possibility populate the airwaves. Our vivacious teen hosts and star-studded field reporters from around the country offer stimulating segments and invigorating viewpoints connecting with the world campus of young people. We'll talk with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with experience. Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. Express yourself. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Young Juwan, and today on Express Yourself, our theme is stereotyping. And I'm Hannah Hundle, and today is my debut as a co-host on Express Yourself. So far, so good, and I'm thrilled to introduce our next guest, Pamela Lewis. Pamela Lewis, a lifelong resident. Hi! She's a lifelong resident of Queens, New York and is the only child of British Guyanese immigrants. She attended music and art high school, now the LaGuardia School of the Arts, and had really considered pursuing a career in music. However, she decided to major in French and received both bachelor's and master's of arts degrees in French literature. Pamela has taught French at the high school level for over 25 years, but she still enjoys music and the performing and visual arts in general. For the past 10 years, Be The Star You Are has hosted a national essay contest. This year, the subject was what it means to be an American. Pamela Lewis entered and won first place with her essay titled Being American, A Hard-Won Identity. Pamela is actually with us today to read her essay and to talk about the ignorance of stereotyping. Hi, Pamela. Hello. How, how is everybody? Good. 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 Congratulations on winning the essay contest. We hear that you were a third-time winner. That's true, and (laughs) thank you very much. I was in shock. And would you mind reading your winning essay to us, please? I'd be happy to do that. Great. So here it is, and the title I chose was Being American, a Hard-Won Identity. The definition of American in the 1950s and 1960s in which I was born and grew up was clear and unambiguous. It took root in our colonial beginnings and
and as articulated in our two most important documents, became the secular equivalent of holy writ. As we pushed our frontier farther westward, we believed that definition to be immutable and eternal. American presupposed patriotism, a strong and largely Puritan work ethic, moral superiority, and unflinching courage in the face of any challenge. It has guided us in how we vote for our presidents, chosen because we believed that they incarnated American values and upheld them as they led their citizens. In our popular culture, the images that filled magazine pages or passed across my black and white TV screen were also those of unassailable paragons of American virtue and defenders of our freedom. John Wayne, Gary Cooper, and Katherine Hepburn, Hepburn embodied the American way, a distinct manner of thinking and moving through the world, and one we all strove to emulate if we wanted to fully enjoy a good American life. At the start of every episode of the popular 1970s sitcom, All in the Family, Archie and Edith Bunker banged out on their piano the lyrics from Those Were the Days that summed up America's halcyon days. And you knew who you were then. Girls were girls and men were men. Mister, we could use a man like Herbert Hoover again. While the question of what constituted being an American was an easy one for the majority of white Americans, it was a more complicated one for this country's racial and ethnic minorities, and particularly for African Americans, a group of which I am a part. We all subscribe to our country's claims of equality of all people. Yet the painful history of slavery and the reality of our personal lives contradicted those assertions. The tripwire of small and large injustices over which African Americans often fell attested to their living in a different and confusing moral universe, one where the rights and privileges enjoyed by their white counterparts were either severely limited or completely non-existent. Separate and unequal education, denial of the right to vote, and brutally violent acts such as lynchings stood as intractable obstacles to African Americans' ability to feel fully American. Rather than sharing in the nostalgia of those were the days, many felt that the truth was closer to the passage from the musical West Side Story where the saucily sparring Puerto Rican girls and boys who dance in the song America sing, life is all right in America if you're all white in America. But as I grew into adolescence during the mid to late 1960s, I became aware of other and more powerful voices, such as those of Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X, who spoke to the conscience of white and African Americans alike in saying that a redefinition of America and American was sorely needed. For some, such as myself, that meaning emerged through reading the works of authors such as James Baldwin or Nikki Giovanni, whose uncompromising perspectives on American society inspired me to be more outspoken about racial injustice. 
For many others, however, finding that meaning exacted a higher price. Being spat upon at a lunch counter, facing down fire hoses and snarling police dogs, or in losing one's life. Our history has shown that unless we are first able to give full expression to our humanity, American has no meaning. But when our humanity is affirmed, American is a word we can truly feel proud to proclaim. That's wow. the end. Wow. What a beautiful, yeah. beautiful essay. Thank you very much. And very true. You bring up a lot of great points. I actually do want to shed light on one point that I know you've said before. You mentioned that, quote, stereotyping limits us, stunts our intellectual growth, and takes away one of our most important freedoms, which is the freedom to define who we are. Could you elaborate a little more on that? Well, I think that... Um Part of the, the, the big problem with, um, say, with bigotry and, uh, and discrimination is that it, it really is intimately tied to, uh, to stereotyping. And by what I said in that uh, little uh, description is that when we stereotype, we are immediately placing people into uh, a box, so it, as it were. We're saying, this is what we think you are supposed to um, uh, to behave, how you're supposed to behave, how you're supposed to uh, to speak, how you're supposed to move through the world, uh, and you're defining what that individual should be like. You're taking away their very basic right, which is to say, I'm going to dis- determine who I am. I'm going to be the arbiter uh, of my own destiny. I'm going to define what kind of individual I choose to be. And uh, that's, that's an inalienable right. That, to me, is what I think the Founding Fathers were talking about, and the authors of our, of our great documents, that this is a right as human beings uh, to say, I'm going to um, determine who I am, and no one else can do that. And see, that is why so many people, for example, right. have, so many groups have decided to, to change how they call themselves. And I'm going to use the African-Americans again because I do think it's the most stark. Um, when, we, when we were first brought to the country, we were called one thing. We were called uh, uh, colored people, then Negro, and then um, something else. And all of those were labels that were placed upon, upon us as a group, and we never had any say in how we wanted to define ourselves. And then stereotyping is also um, saying to people that... Um, uh, you know, you're you're not going to um, be the one who's going to have the final say uh, as to what kind of person you are. I I'm going to be the one to do that. I'm going to define you, and uh, no one wants to be placed in that position because that removes, uh, as I said, a very important basic right. Right. You want to be able to let people take the own reins in their life and to be able to grow. That's yeah, beautiful. That's- And so thank you so much, Pamela, for bringing the ugly offspring of closed-mindedness of stereotyping to us and showing how important it is to just live outside the box and show people that you're capable of so much more than they think you are. And I thank you once again for sharing your wonderful essay with us. And it was truly inspiring and amazing to listen to. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to read it. You are listening to Express Yourself Teen Radio, the 
11th annual Be The Star You Are essay contest will begin in October of 2014, so be checking our website at btsya.org for guidelines. I'm Young Juan. Thank you again, Pamela, and congratulations for your win. I'm Hannah Hundle. Check us out on Tumblr at www.btsyaradio.tumblr.com. Stick around for author Lisa T. Bergren up next. Are you ready to explore the amazing world under the sea? Your host is a certified scuba diver, explorer, he likes to cook, and most of all, he's just a kid like you. You'll find out a lot more lies under the sea than what you've seen on TV, in movies, and even in aquatic parks. You'll learn about all kinds of fish, as well as other sea creatures. We'll take you to some exotic destinations and so much more. There's a whole big world under sea just waiting to be discovered. Tune in to Under the Sea, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Kids. What about the world concerns you? Is it future success? Is it world issues? Are you just looking to change the world in general? Tune in to What Up World? It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, or what you look like. Everyone is entitled to the same chance for success. Follow your dreams. Move forward. Make a difference. Tune in to What Up World every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Are you ready to explore the amazing world under the sea? Your host is a certified scuba diver, explorer, he likes to cook, and most of all, he's just a kid like you. You'll find out a lot more lies under the sea than what you've seen on TV, in movies, and even in aquatic parks. You'll learn about all kinds of fish, as well as other sea creatures. We'll take you to some exotic destinations and so much more. There's a whole big world under sea just waiting to be discovered. Tune in to Under the Sea, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Kids. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. Tune in every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly. Our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea and to the top of Mount Everest. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly, Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. 
Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the Tech Team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our third segment of Express Yourself, where today's topic is stereotyping, the false preconceived notion that could imprison us all. I'm your co-host, Hannah Hundle. And I'm Young Juan. In this segment, you'll meet prolific author of over 40 books, Lisa T. Berggren, who will explore the issue of stereotyping in relation to a fictional character, Andriana, in her newest novel, Remnants. Andriana isn't really stereotyped, but she might battle some of that since she can read people's emotions and get a better handle on them, good or bad. Now, in the book Remnants, the character Andriana is a remnant, one of several gifted teenagers born on the seventh day of the seventh month and destined from birth to save humanity from the horrors that plague everyday life. However, they soon find out that the world beyond their protected homes is more dangerous than they could have ever imagined. And when she starts falling for her protector, everything is at risk. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to Express Yourself. I'm so glad to be with you guys. So, Hi, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So, the first thing I had to ask you was how is Adriana different from the typical female stereotype presented in other young adult novels? Does she embody the fearless female or the damsel in distress? You know, I think she's somewhere in between. She she really has been born and bred to be this epic leader in and as a part of the remnants who are born to really save a very dark world. We're talking generations after a great war um, and things have gotten very bad. And so she, she has, she knows she's different um, and that gives her great strength. But that said, she's really imperfect too. She has weaknesses. Like she's afraid of heights (laughs) and she's grieving uh, a tremendous loss and she's feeling feelings for the knight who has been assigned to protect her, Ronan. Um, So she's, she's definitely not a perfect girl, but she's a girl we can admire. Oh, cool. And so you say that Adriana is different and she knows she's different, but how is diversity really shown throughout the novel? You know, I, I was thinking about a futuristic society, and if you look at the scientific uh, data that's coming out now, we, we know that we're going to become more and more of a melting pot society, um, that in future right. generations, and we're talking, you know, seven, eight, nine generations from now, so think of yourself as the great, <laughs> great, 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 great grandmother of most of society, <laughs> you know, we're going to become much more Asian, um, African, and Hispanic in looks. Um, so a lot of uh, the society that she is in is looking more homogenous in terms of that um, melting pot generation. But that said, my characters are very diverse. Um, we have uh, influences of African and Asian, and I even have a redhead and a knight who has blonde dreadlocks. So <laughs> um, I don't know if you get much more diverse than remnants. <laughs> 
And so if we look to diversity in your novel, what divides the Sheolites and the remnants, and how does this affect their opposition to one another? Yeah, you know, it's truly a spiritual and ideological divide. The Sheolites are after ultimate power and want to take down anyone, anyone who threatens that. And the remnants are, are after autonomy and freedom to live life as they were created to live it. So uh, from the get-go, you know that they're diametrically opposed and that there's going to be some epic conflict, which I love in a novel. I don't know about you guys. Right. Oh, I definitely agree. And I'm just thrilled to be talking with you because I myself am an aspiring writer and I feel that I have a lot to learn from you. So have you ever felt that you were being stereotyped as a female author or novelist? And how do you deal with that? You know, it's interesting because I come up to some some conflict with readers who say, oh, I would never read fiction. They look down at it. Um, because they only read nonfiction because mm. they think that that's what is going to grow them or expand their knowledge base. But I think that fiction can really grow us too, that if we put ourselves in a hero or heroine's place and experience the story as they are experiencing, we can learn from that and apply it to our everyday lives in Absolutely. different ways. So, I, you know, when I run into people like that, you can you can try to change people's minds, but I don't know. People are either open or they're not. And so I don't waste a lot of time on people who uh, look down on me as a novelist. I just kind of move on to those people who are people of peace. Good point. Good point. And what stereotypes in young adult literature do you think are not only annoying, but possibly damaging to readers' self-esteem or the way that they see the world? You know, in young adult fiction, or any fiction for that matter, uh, when I read characters who come off as finished or complete, like they can't possibly change, it, it bothers me and bothers me as a reader because I, I see everyone, whether it's you two as my hosts or me at, at 47, as people who are are able to change and grow, who uh, experience life and difficulty and triumph and are changed by that and evolve and learn and grow. So um, I don't want readers ever to read one of my books and think, okay, well, I can never be that person, so why bother? I, I want them to be inspired to continue on the path they've been given and, and to grow into all that they were created to be. So my hope is that um, they don't run into stereotypes that block them, but rather encourage them forward. I love that, that idea of just continually trying to grow and morph and transcend. That's beautiful. So how do you help your children go along with that, go along with growing and being confident and unique in who they are? Fortunately, I was I was given three very very unique kids. You know, my <laughs> eldest Olivia is is totally a people person, and so I think she's really gifted and called toward helping others. My second daughter Emma is very artistic and loves design, and my my third is a little boy named Jack, and he's all about the Minecraft and computers. <laughs> so they're very, very unique. They come out of the womb unique. And just as each of us are unique, I think if we encourage our children to become, um, to pursue their passions, 
that, right. uh, that that encourages them to become confident in who they were created to be and allows them each to be unique. I, I'm not calling any of them to be the same as their siblings other to be, than to be decent human beings and polite. <laughs> 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 After that, everything else is up for grabs. Yeah, I love what you said about how this journey of life is supposed to help us learn who we're supposed to be and have a setting that we're able to live the life that we want. And going back to your novel again, why do you think so many authors are drawn to this idea of a dystopian future society because Mm. lately I've been reading so much and all of it has been about different societies and people breaking out of stereotypes. Yeah, you know, I think that we're all a little alarmed. I think with every generation we think, oh, is the world getting worse and worse? And what's going to happen to us and our society in in the years to come and in the next generation? So, um, I think authors are drawn to that to explore it because it's very intriguing. What what would happen if the world got even uglier and darker? Um, but I also love the idea of how we can be hope and uh, the uh, optimism in the midst of even the darkness. So when I started thinking about dystopian literature, I wanted to add a measure of hope in the midst of it because if there's no hope, then like why bother? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's great. Um, And I just have to know, if this could be made into a movie, who would you love to have play your Remnants characters? You know, I wish I could tell you, but we are in this futuristic society and they look so different. I think that it'd be hard (laughs) to cast them. So I would like unknowns all across the board. I know that's a boring answer. I'd love to give you a, a famous name, but I want I want really unique characters that can create and embody the, these people I've created in Remnants. And if you had any tips for young aspiring authors, including Hannah and myself, what would they be? Ooh, I'm, I know we're running out of time, so read Writer's Digest. It's an <laughs> awesome resource for writers of any kind of thing that you're writing. And also go to a local writer's conference. And the last thing would be to read like crazy in the genre you want to write. So if you're going to write in dystopian, read tons of dystopian. If you're going to write romance, read tons of romance. (laughs) Very true. Well, thank you so much, Lisa, for sharing about Remnants and Adriana and all about stereotyping and writing with us today. Find out about Lisa's books at lisabergren, B-E-R-G-R-E-N dot com. I'm Young Juan, and this is Express Yourself. Visit our website at expressyourselfteenradio.com. Yes, great talking with you, Lisa, and Revenants is a page-turner. Express Yourself is brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity, promoting literacy and positive media. For more info on our creative community, go to btsya.org. years old, it seems as if nobody understands what you go through. You're not quite a teenager yet, but you're definitely not a little kid anymore. Tune in to Life at 12 for the answers and support you need to get through this time in your life. 
Your hosts have some amazing life experiences, and because of this, they have the know-how to get you through 12 and on to 13 and beyond. It's a tough point in your life right now. Get the advice you need on Life at 12, Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Tune in every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly. Our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea and to the top of Mount Everest. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly, Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Kids. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Today, we've been investigating the ramifications of stereotyping. Hannah has been experiencing her first day of co-hosting today, and in addition, she's going to share another segment of Help with Hannah to give us more information on the danger of stereotyping. So, Hannah, take it away. Thank you, Youngju. Co-hosting has been a blast, and I am really enjoying bringing the odious topic of stereotyping to the minds of youth everywhere as it is something that really does need to stop. So here's my Health with Henna segment, as my goal really is to empower the new generation to lead active, healthy lives. I believe that if teenagers can get off on the right foot by making healthy lifestyle choices, then there's no telling what we'll be able to accomplish. Now, dividing, labeling, and categorizing. All different words for stereotyping, that hurtful, prejudice-driven act that we're told from a very young age never to do. We know it's rude. We know it's insulting. And we know it creates embarrassment in the moment. But did you know it actually has a lasting harmful effect on health? A study published in 2010 in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology actually took a look at the long-term impact of stereotyping. Previous research has dealt with the immediate effect on a person in a situation when they feel stereotyped. But the leader of this research, an associate psychology professor named Michael Inlet, really wanted to investigate what he terms the lingering effects of prejudice. The study was divided into multiple parts. In one part, a milieu of prejudice and negative stereotypes was created around a group of participants who were performing a task. After the task was performed, the researchers evaluated the people who had been subject to the stereotypes, and the researchers found that those people had higher levels of aggression, a greater lack of self-control, a difficulty thinking rationally, and a tendency to overeat. 
In another part of the study, one group of women were administered a math test after hearing comments that stereotyped women's mathematical abilities. Meanwhile, another group of women took the math test without having heard those stereotypical comments. Not surprisingly, the group of women who felt stereotyped showed poor signs of cognitive skills. They also overate and had more overall feelings of hostility. Clearly, perpetuating stereotypes is harmful on so many levels, particularly to our physiology and well-being. We need to learn to get to know people for who they are, to appreciate people for who they are, instead of automatically resorting to disrespectful and damaging stereotypes. Wow, I did not know there were so many underlying um, problems with stereotypes. It almost seems like at times stereotypes are just something to kind of laugh about and just move on from, but they can be really harmful. Absolutely, and I think the results of this survey are so important for that very reason. It's very telling that stereotyping can so negatively impact a person's health and frame of mind. And this survey really brought that harm to light, that stereotyping can create such negative effects. And so it really reiterates the idea that, yeah, we need to do something to change that. And what is it about hearing stereotypes that causes all the negative health effects? Well, I really like the way the study's conductor, Michael Inlet, termed it. He said it's like carrying around negative mental baggage. You know, when you feel that you're being stereotyped, when you feel that you're being discriminated, that whole idea stays in your mind and bogs you down and really starts to weigh you down in a mental sense. You're really no longer able to function as well and as freely as you were before. And have other studies confirmed this idea that stereotyping negatively impacts health and future behavioral patterns? Oh, definitely. Through more and more research, it's become really clear that stereotyping creates many more negative effects than we could ever have even imagined. I actually recently read about research from the University of Southern California that looked at stereotyping with different age groups and how stereotyping the elderly about their memory could even be unhealthy. So, I mean, whether we're talking about young, old, age, race, any of it, stereotyping is harmful at every level. Yeah, and I love what our previous guests have said when they say that stereotyping is like putting someone in a box. And so once this idea that you're in a box has taken hold in your mind, you really can't grow and expand beyond that. Definitely. I think the whole harm really comes from that idea that we're painting our own picture of who people are before we really get to know them. And do you think as a society today, people stereotype more or less? Well... I think we've come a long way. We have. There's no doubt about it. But that being said, I think we still have a long way left to go in eradicating stereotypes. Because the issue is, once stereotypes come about and really get entrenched in the minds of people, they're hard to get rid of. And so there might even be the question, can we ever get rid of them? I don't know, and I really hope so. But overall, I think we've come a long way, but we have a lot more work left to do. And what does it mean when this study said that they looked at the lingering effects of stereotyping? Well, as the head researcher Michael Inlet noted, a lot of research has looked at how stereotyping might affect people in that situation in which they're being discriminated against. 
But this study really wanted to look at what happened to the people afterward. And I think this study really showed that stereotyping can negatively affect people for a long, long time. Yeah, I love how they researched that instead of the more immediate effects where people might just laugh it off or say it's not a big deal, but actually it leads to all these very harmful things. Right, the ramifications it creates that can really go to change a person's frame of mind for a lifetime is so significant when we talk about the negative effects of stereotyping. And I think the study only brought that to light even more. Yeah, and were you surprised to find that there was such a strong link between being stereotyped and health and well-being? You know, in a way, I kind of was. I think we all at least have an intuitive idea that stereotyping is a bad thing. But the idea that it can so truly affect your mental functioning and the way you go through life is mind-boggling and incredible to think about. And I think it's something we really need to keep in mind, you know, when we talk about what to do with all the stereotyping and discrimination and prejudice going on today. Yeah, and what can we do as in our everyday lives as teenagers to lessen the prevalence of stereotyping? Well, I think the way that we can really combat the whole idea of stereotyping is with educating, with keeping people informed. And I think the best people to try that on is young people. It's you. It's me. It's our generation. Stereotypes won't be able to live on if each new generation refuses to go along with that kind of ideology. We need to open up a fresh dialogue. Yeah, I definitely agree with everything that you've said and how we should combat stereotypes by refusing to listen to them and refusing to be put in that box. And thank you, Hannah, for this segment, as well as co-hosting for today. As always, all good things must come to an end, and this is the end of our show today. Thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and Kid Star for producing this show. Thanks to a Voice America Kids crew, especially Perry Damone and Bruce Solstein, and thanks to our guests from across the world. And thanks to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Young Juan. And I'm Hannah Hundle. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. Until next week, Remember, be healthy, be kind, and appreciate everyone. Speak up and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine between the lines if you would let yourself go. My name is Lindsay Marie from Phoenix, Arizona and host of Bookworm. The Kids Store album of the month this month is Back in School, Neil Brewer and Friends. Let's listen to Dodgeball. Look out, Mary's got the ball. And her eyes are set on you. She's lean, she's mean, she's quick and tall. There's nothing you can do. One time she drew a beat on Fred back when he first moved in. 
he slung one straight upside his head. Fred hasn't played since then. We laughed when we first saw her throw. With that wind-up fling and twirl, now every single kid I know tries throwing like that girl, but none of us have matched her way. Perhaps it's in the eyes. We only know that when she plays, we drop like swatted flies. Dodgeball, dodgeball, Mary gonna make us fall. It ought to be against the law. She should even play it all. Dodgeball, dodgeball, Mary sure is beautiful But friend, I wouldn't tell her that Cause she'll wind up hard And you'll wind up flat Same thing happens every day Mary puts us in our place Though we try, we cannot get away from that Mona Lisa face Each day we wonder who it is She's gonna level first And when she's through with what she does We all line up for the nurse Dodgeball, dodgeball Mary's gonna make us fall It ought to be against the law She should even play it all Dodgeball, dodgeball Mary sure is beautiful But friend, I wouldn't tell her that Cause she'll wind up job I'll do, but I can bet I'm the one girl who's gonna run a wrecking crew, dodgeball, dodgeball, Mary's gonna make us fall, it ought to be against the law, she should even play it on, dodgeball, dodgeball, Mary sure is beautiful, but friend, I wouldn't tell her that, cause she'll wind up hard, she's gonna wind up hard, she's gonna wind Proceeds Neil Brewer and Friends received are donated to the Harvard Stem Cell Institute to put an end to muscular dystrophy. For more information, go to the Kitstar website www.kitstar.org. <laughs> 